This is Unmasked. Uh, so there's your microphone. Oh. I'll have you just go ahead and talk in here just like this. Sweet. Hello. Um, we are live, finally. All right, let's ride. So you are my second guest. This is episode two of Unmasked. Uh, first, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, hey everybody, I'm Ben Gone, and I've been unmasked here with Alex. Um, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. So, obviously, I, I see the City Boys LLC. Is that your brand? Yes, this is my small production company that I've made as just my vehicle to... Go ahead and put the microphone a little closer to your face. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is, like, just my creative vehicle LLC to, you know, get everything that's in my head out, honestly. I've um, been involved with film for a few years now, and I've just, you know, the biggest advice I've gotten from anyone and everyone is just, like, you know, go out there and film something. Yeah. And I needed something to kind of put it all behind, and that's City Boys. So whatever it turns out to be, if it turns out to be a brand or, you know, production company, then I'm all about it. Um, just going to see where this ball rolls, you know. Okay. Go ahead and try to hold it a little bit closer to your mouth. Yeah, just for sure. that microphone, it's not the is best this one, one. Does this sound good? <laughs> Can I ASMR? So I, <laughs> I know turn this into an ASMR channel. Um, so what kind of stuff do you guys film then? Yeah, so um, right now we're doing mainly small films um, centering around like 10 to 30 minutes. Hmm. Um, I just wrapped my first full solo project. Um, it's called Skinwalker. It's a short horror film we filmed out up in Sholo, up north. Okay. Um, pretty much just had three actors. One of them was my girlfriend, and it was something we wrote after all meeting, and went out there, ripped it, and put a lot of time and effort into the post-production editing, and uh, really happy with what we walked away with. So sort of things like that, where we just get a whole bunch of creatives together and a little bit of backwards filmmaking. We look at the resources we have available mm. and then go from there. What's the best thing we can make with this location, these actors, these resources we have, and not try to you know, shoot too high where something yeah. doesn't ever get made? Because a lot of people sit on scripts for years and years. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I'm one of them. I have yeah. some that I'm like, damn, I would need a blank check for this. But and I've set up so many scripts. for. I, I still oh, yeah. sit on scripts right now that mm -hmm. I wrote, like, three years ago. And, like, I wrote, like, a little tiny synopsis for it. Yeah. But I never actually did anything with it. It's, yeah. it's so hard to get it to go from, like, something on paper to something actually physically going. I commend anybody that's able to well thanks man yeah i think um i think the backwards storytelling and filmmaking really works because um i think in terms of scale if you keep the story true the themes the thing you want to tell the audience right. you can scale it up or down given production costs and so i think that's the case with a lot of hollywood movies too you know it's just a matter of how big the sets and how big name the actors and you know everything if you have yeah. a story you can scale it down do it yourself and um, that's what I've heard from you know all those screenwriter tips videos and everything <laughs> like that they're always just like go out and do it yourself easier said than done but honestly it's it's been working for me yeah and that's what I want to keep doing build a name for myself and get bigger and better yeah I know that there was um, you, you know obviously know Matthew McConaughey um, his Dallas Buyers Club. I saw the yeah. interview with him, and I think they were sitting on that script for like 20 years. Oh my gosh, there's been some that, um, you know, they say production hell. It can be any number of things yeah. from just, you know, writer's block, creative halts, or, you know, 
not finding the right people. Um, I have a good quote from Aaron Sorkin. I did like a little master class of his on Masterclass, which was high. Oh, it's on yeah. screenwriting. Um, he said 90% of being a writer is agony. You're not writing <laughs> at all. You're just sitting there in pain. And <laughs> I love that. I mean, if you write, get ready to be in pain. Um, but it is rewarding. And if you have fun doing it, like, do it. Just get yeah. it out there, you know. Heck yeah. I, I know it's it's one of the hardest things, though, to be a writer. Like, for me, I'm on the other side. I'm an actor, but so many actors are also writers and stuff. And trying to come up with something that's original, something that's eye-captivating. Like, yeah, anybody can write a story, but trying to make it to where it appeals to the audience, trying to make climax, trying to make emotional hugs, trying to figure out just everything behind it, it's... It's a very difficult thing. It is. There's so many moving parts. There's so many things that go into it. And it's a craft that, you know, you go down the rabbit hole, you're going to be lost for a few years. But, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. the fun part, too. Yeah. Right, right. So tell me where the name City Boys comes from. City Boys came from um, my roommate and I just messing around. I think I had, like, an existential crisis uh, one day at my finance job that I was working. And I'm like, I can't do this forever. Like, I looked around at my peers and the people above me at my job and I'm like, I don't want to I want to be like you guys. Yeah. No offense, but I don't want to be like you guys. I right. can't do that. That's not for me. And that was when like all the City Boys memes were going around and they were hilarious. They were so <laughs> fun. Um, <laughs> we looked it up and the City Boys name was just open. And really? I mean, me and him were, were City Boys. <laughs> so, it's not a name I thought would be open. Like it's. I know, right? Yeah, we like, nailed down City Boys LLC and I'm like, okay, like that's mine. Yeah. And it'll look great on merch. So it's yeah. like one of those like perfect names that like you wouldn't think it's available. It's something right. that's like, yeah. How is something like that available? My buddy, um, my buddy Ravi actually, he took the license plate before we made it. Um, he hopped on it so fast <laughs> and he put a license plate on his car that said city boys. And I, I'm still jealous of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, I always forget like you can only have, one license plate, obviously not. not I know, yeah. I'm the, uh, the LLC was open, but the license plate wasn't. So yeah, my my girlfriend did uh, Kachow from uh, yeah. Cars. I think that might be a Scottsdale thing. Everyone here has a fun license, but I need to yeah. get on that train. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, so what made you guys choose Sholo to film with that? Um, so my girlfriend Haley, she has a cabin up there. Well, it's her parents, and um, it just had a great location we went outside and we're like holy crap this is creepy like we yeah. found this little uh abandoned like tree house mm -hmm. like a little ways outside of her backyard and we're like yo this looks like some witchcraft and <laughs> perfect place to film um a lot of it was winging it like i wrote skinwalker in a couple of weeks it was only about 10 15 pages and the the actual film itself is 12 minutes um so Ran through that script, got a couple actors. We filmed it in one night. So we went out to her cabin, stayed the night out there. We were, we filmed from probably like 6 p.m. to like 3 a.m. Though we were up till the coyotes were screaming at us. And um, you know, it, again, it was just taking what we had. Like I had in my mind, you know, oh shoot, that location. You know, yeah. I remember going there with my girlfriend, and like we could do something there. Right. And then yeah, made it happen. So where did the idea for this movie come from? Shoot, I don't know. Um, I think it I think it really came from there was there was a Halloween challenge a Halloween film challenge last year of 2022 and 
I wanted to do it really bad, but I knew like there was there was absolutely no way. But I still shot for it. Like I met um, my actors Fernando and Drew at this networking event in September. I wrote it early October, and then we filmed it in like mid November really? after everything was ready. So we oh, so this is like a shotgun type of thing. Oh, we met. I wrote it. We were ready. Boom, and then post production took a while. But that is um, too cool. Yeah, we just wanted to do something. You yeah. know, like I I talked with them, and you know, a ton of actors out here are looking for ways to, you know, showcase themselves and Definitely. looking for, you know, something something fun. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was, it was a ton of fun. And then we walk away with something cool, you know. I mean, it was pretty easy convincing them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. is it a horror then? Yeah, it's a short horror thriller um, about two cowboys looking for the disappeared townsfolk. And they're out in the woods searching, finding, like, these, like, animal markings. Hmm. Uh, they find the dead bodies. And they suspect like they're being hunted by a skinwalker spirit. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That is definitely not something that I would have even come up with, or I could see someone else coming up with. So. Thanks. I think um actually I read some of those. Oh man, they're they're so creepy. These Reddit like um like state park stories from the park rangers. Mm -hmm. They got some creepy stuff. Like, really. Holy crap! Yeah, if you look this up, there's like all these cases of like missing people in the woods of like these great national parks and like I think it probably stemmed from one of those but oh my god in the woods like you have so much content like, yeah <laughs> I know yeah I, where I was from there's woods all around so anything we want to do in the woods we had like free range pretty mm -hmm. much for anything like that that we wanted to do um, so you said you have a finance background Yes, I graduated um, University of Arizona in 2021 okay. with a degree in finance and entrepreneurship. Gotcha. So how did you transition from going to finance to filmmaking? Yeah, great question. Um, so d in college, I was actually like indirectly involved with a lot of film people. One of my roommates was in film, and I just like assisted on a bunch of his projects. Hmm. And honestly, it kind of like flipped a switch in me a little bit. Both my parents come from a film background. My dad was a cameraman way back in the day. Um, he he worked on a lot of interesting projects. He he did Revenge of the Nerds that was at... Revenge of the Nerds. Yep, at the U of A. He worked on Drive. He worked on Little House on the Prairie. Um, really? Yeah, a bunch of stuff. He was, he was getting out there making a name for himself. And my mom was uh, an actress. She was out there you know trying to do the okay, same thing so cameraman meets actor then. right that's how they met and then um they put it in my blood and i can't get it out <laughs> so, <laughs> so then why did you choose finance um i do have an inclination for business i love you know the inner workings of business process honestly that's why I'm, i went into consulting um i wanted to be a you know cool business guy go travel mm -hmm. yeah. I, I really wanted to travel i really wanted to you know get out there see what's making the world run yeah. um and then surprise COVID happened didn't go anywhere sat my ass down but <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah no i i felt that business was the right way to go you know traditionally in college right. i'm like oh like you know need a job make Used money degree and they do twist it in the business colleges like they make it seem so freaking cool and like the corporate <laughs> life like they really do like they get your ass <laughs> <laughs> and i was doing all these film projects on the side with my buddies and i'm like damn this could be this would be cool. So I originally had the idea of going into business consulting. During all that travel time, I'm going to meet people, learn about how to run a business. Right. And then I was like, I'm going to screenwrite on the side and then see if I could eventually get into, like, you know, producing, crunching the numbers behind film. Okay. Um, 
sort of that back aspect. And then I started actually writing and then I started actually directing and I was like, ooh, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny that you mentioned how like traditional school kind of hypes up finance in a different way. Like I come from a finance background as well. I've mm-hmm. been running businesses for I don't even know how long. I've I've ran multiple different businesses and I used to work for the banks and obviously I didn't have like I wasn't a financial advisor or anything. Um, I did that kind of stuff on my own, but regular finance stuff like banker, teller, um, loan originator, that kind of stuff. That's what I, that's what I did. But um, there's a couple things that you were saying, like, oh wow, because like even when I was working in finance, I would look around and be like, there's no way in hell I'm going to be this person for the rest of my goddamn life. Yeah, it, it, I mean, some people are, and credit to them, but yeah. like, oh my gosh, some of them like. Trust me, I have tons of friends in finance, investment banking, yeah. wealth management, and all that. And they like you can get pretty decent money. Like you oh, can they get, get a great decent money. Career. Oh yeah, they make great money. But, They're you know it comes at a cost, and if you're willing yeah. to pay that, like you know. Um, but honestly, like most people in those jobs, like I know they have some sort of other outlet. Like there's something oh, yeah. else that fulfills them. You know what I, I mean? mean? There's a reason why Wall Street is known for Coke. Pretty <laughs> pretty rare that that's the only thing fulfilling you. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but shout out to those boys. Like they're you know, sharp as knives. Like I, I'm not sure if I could do investment banking. Honestly, I'm not. I don't know if that if I'm that inclined. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was talking to one guy. He actually is like a financial advisor slash like investment person, and um, he was saying like the first ten years you're gonna be overworked, underpaid. The next ten years you're gonna be right about the same, and then the next ten years after that you're gonna be overpaid and underworked. And I'm like. Do I really want to wait 30 years to yeah. actually be able to live my life the way I want to, though? With financial advising, too, it's all about building your book and, like, you know, yeah. who knows how long that can take. Um, you know, there's a stereotype of the finance bro whose dad, you know, hands him, <laughs> hands him a golden book. And, like, that's true. And if you can do that, do it. Like, yeah. play your card you're dealt. Like, no hate towards it, honestly. Yeah. Like, shit, if my dad was some hotshot financial advisor, I'd be like, yo, hook me up, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly. But it does take a lot of time, especially... Um, in in all aspects of finance probably besides investment banking or private equity if you can get into that yeah but then it's going to cost you 80 hour weeks 100 hour weeks where that's that's all you're doing even a lot of these like creative like in the industry that we're in you still pull those long hours like oh yeah film that i did i was on set three days in a row Mm -hmm. 12 14 hours a day but I could do that for this type of career. I right. couldn't do anything like that for right. financing. Dude, I yeah, I don't know. My my job, like, I work from home and I, you know, sit in front of a computer screen like all day. Really? And oh yeah. Like I'm a consultant, but I like I kind of barely travel <laughs> now. I mean yeah. COVID and everything, but um film does have those hours. Like it does. Like I've rarely like my girlfriend hates me for it. She's always like, Oh, you got a film thing? Like <laughs> what's the time you expect to be done and then what's the time you're actually going to be done yeah. like it is you yeah. are always going over like no no questions asked um, oh 100% yeah i know it's it's definitely it's one of those things that like you can't have a predicted schedule like you yeah. can have like an estimated thing but i don't think i've ever been on a production set to where we are actually on time yeah. or we're completely like we'll be, oh we still have like 10 shots to get so we're going to be here for another like 3 hours and, and it time. is what you said though like i would much rather be there doing that yeah. than you know burning my eyes out at home just in excel so so are you trying to grow your career then in consulting or are you trying to just use that as a day job until the film stuff takes off so right now i mean i do i i like my job like i 
I can't complain by any means. Like I'm treated extremely well. I'm paid well. Um, great hours. Hmm. So it is, you know, very like the right word to find. I can't, I cannot talk bad about it yeah. <laughs> because I am very fortunate to have what I have. I'm very right. blessed. I feel, but it isn't my passion. I know that for sure. Right. I believe film is, I feel it in my blood. Um, this is what I want to do. I want to write and direct and, you know, make cool stuff for people to watch. Um, so it eventually will be the thing that, you know, needs to be left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not trying to go the 20-year partner route. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's for some. It's for, not for me. Yeah. Um, I'd rather do the 20-year director route and see where that takes me. I think that would be a lot more fulfilling to, you know, my side. But I I do um, – I, I, very fortunate to have my day job it has allowed me to do a lot of cool stuff and it has allowed me to fuel this film passion um it pays the bills it you know networks me it allows me to travel and so mm-hmm. i think finding something like that can be just as if not as important as chasing your dreams finding yeah. the means to do it like honestly it's it's tough but it's a lot more tough when you're broke yeah um and it, it you know comes down to you know the discipline and however many hours you can put in. If you take a job that pays you well, but it exhausts you, you know, try to find something that maybe pays you a little bit less, but doesn't exhaust you that much. So you can chase your passion. There's a balance and it's tight, but you got to find it. That's literally what I ended up doing because I was working for the banks. I was making probably around 20 bucks an hour, which kind of sounds like a lot, but at the same time, it's definitely not a lot. Like my paychecks coming home bi-weekly were like 1200 bucks. I wasn't able to afford hardly anything, but um, yes, I technically had the safety net of that secure income. Right. But my depression, my anxiety, everything, my mental health was the worst it was yeah. e- it has ever been. Mm-hmm. Having the same repeat type of thing, like I, I was like, I couldn't do this. Even if you pay me thirty, forty, fifty dollars an hour to do yeah. this shit, I couldn't do it. Yeah. It, it's just not feasible for the, me. The the golden handcuffs, you know, they get you. It's, yeah. Like, it's oh, we tough. can pay you six figures, but you, you have to put in ten figures worth of work. And it's the promise of, you know, just do this for a couple of years. And then, yeah. you know, and then you'll be making big bucks. But, like, who are you going to be in a couple of years? Like, you're well, going to change. And hopefully you do. And that's the whole thing with, like, finances and money. It's like you were saying, like, yes, you can have all the money, but what's the use of the money if you can't enjoy it, if you can't do something with it like money yeah. I've been taught that money is not a goal money is not something to work for mm-hmm. it's something to work with it's something that you need to use as a tool right and money money is a tool in the yeah. end it's supposed to make your life easier better and supposed to you know your role as a human being your role in society you're supposed to use that money to spend it right and to keep this machine turning like, yeah that's just the way the world works and I've, I've heard a lot of, you know, advice. I used to be a lot more money-oriented, I think. I oh, used too. to really, you know, look at jobs solely based on money. Mm-hmm. Didn't look at anything else. I was like, okay, this, what's the salary? 60, 80? Like, I don't care about anything else. Yeah. Um, now, I've listened to a lot of people that are older, and um, my dad probably said this, you know, do what you love and the money will follow. Yeah. And be good at what you love, I think. Um, I think... Barbara from Shark Tank, she said that. Um, she was like, find something you do very well, train at it, 
be very very good at it mm-hmm. and then you're going to be surprised because money's going to come in yeah like yeah it's so i don't know if you're comfortable with answering this sure. in your career field what's about your salary yeah so i think out of college i started around 65 um going into um i think the right consulting term would be internal audit enterprise risk mm. with i was big four so that was a very it, you're pipelined into that you know majoring in finance or accounting you yeah know, they want you to go big four they want you to you know get a big name on your resume um but ooh. <laughs> 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 that was that was an experience i did that for about 13 months and then moved to my other job at a slightly smaller financial service firm okay. doing exactly the same thing. But I got a 23% bump to like 85 um, plus like some yearly bonuses I make. So that's what I make right now. Okay. And it's about a two-year trek to your senior promotion. Typically in consulting, um, if I had stayed at KPMG, I'd be making the same 60K like until that two-year bump. And the way the market is now, like being a job hopper, that's yeah. that's it. Like they pay you so much more to start new at a new company than to keep you around. It sucks. But. That is um, that whole job loyalty thing that always pissed me the hell off because a lot of people are like, oh, especially with our generation or our our age group. No, we are so loyalty's many, dead. I'm saying it right yeah, now, it, it city is, boys. It is not a thing. I'm sorry. Having loyalty to a job is a stupid Yeah, it ever. holds you back so much now. Like, it's unbelievable. But your grandparents will light you on fire for saying yeah. that. Like, I remember I saw a post on Facebook, I think, of this guy that was celebrating 80 years at the same company. And I'm no. like, why the hell would you celebrate something oh, like that? Because, I mean, like, for me, obviously everyone's different. There's some people that really want to take that 9 to 5 route. Some people mm-hmm. that want to work for a company, be loyal to that company, completely just... Live, yeah, and they want that security, that they want that safety, and, yeah. you know, can't really blame them for that. Um, is it for everyone? No. But <laughs> at the same time, even, because obviously for me, I'm more of an entrepreneur spirit. I, I've always been the kind of person I prefer working for myself rather than for corporations. Mm. That's just me, though. Yeah. Even for someone, though, that craved that kind of security in the job market, I just don't see how you could stay at the same place and not even explore your options. Because I'm sure that, like, if you are working for one financial firm, like you said, that first financial firm is going to pay you this much. But then the second you move over to this other financial firm, they're getting double. People or companies are getting so much more competitive with their pricing, and that's how you bump up in the scale. And it's becoming a lot more transparent, honestly. I think, um, should I think Colorado and California both pass laws that companies have to display their salary for the positions that they're hiring for yeah. now and it's causing a lot of just you know like t- conversations on the internet about hey like that that was that was actually something i found out at the big four they were paying these interns coming in after college mm-hmm. um way more than what they were paying us really? that had a year had a year under our belts and they thought they could get away with it because we wouldn't find out and then <laughs> we go on fishbowl one day and we're like what the hell is this yeah <laughs> Like, you're paying these interns what? Um, I will always no. say that I hate the voodoo, or whatever the term is, um, behind not discussing finances. Keeping, yeah. Like, I, I, I kind of understand of, like, oh, I don't want to disclose how much I make or how much this is. 
I think that's the most bullshit thing ever in the world. Though. I think it can be a pretty prideful thing for a lot of people to talk about. Um, but it, it's a very old concept. Yeah. I agree with you. If we, um, I don't give a shit if you know how much I make as a barista or how much I make as this. Right. I mean, some, like, obviously, upper people might not want to disclose too much in public for security reasons and stuff. But, I mean, just, like, regular blue-collar people. Right. It can be a personal preference for some people. Yeah. And I, I can get that. Yeah. Um, you know, but, I mean, for me, I like being transparent with people, so. Yeah. Um, especially in the job thing when I'm like yeah. talking to coworkers and stuff mm-hmm. I hate the fact that they literally tell you you're fired if you discuss your salaries with other people yeah it's it's because um, shoot at my new job um, I'm definitely the youngest yeah and I have a slightly more senior role than a, a lot of my other coworkers that are significantly older than me yeah. there's a few that are like in their mid 30s right so I am hesitant to bring up my salary with them because if I say I'm like, you know, 10K over or something and they're 10 years older than me, they're going to be like, what the fuck? I mean, I would totally be like that. I'd be like, what the hell? Like immediately bring it up. That's why companies do encourage you to shut your mouth. I know. Um, It's a scam. It's going to cause infighting and it shouldn't be like that. No, no. it shouldn't. And it's it's really like that because of the fact they do pay you more and they don't want to pay these other guys more. And also counter counter argument. Yeah, it does hurt the negotiations with your salary if they are super transparent about that yeah say you're working at a company you know you're paid 70 everyone at your level is paid 70 they need to hire someone mm-hmm. and they're in t- talks to negotiate their salary it gives you it gives new people like no negotiating room or else you got to raise everybody you know so what I'm i mean if you pay them more argument. yeah so in that kind of case though that's why it does depend on experience level it expect it depends on education like for me, when I was in the finance industry, I was one of the lowest paid employees there, even though I had four years of prior experience. Mm-hmm. I don't have a degree, but nobody at my level had a degree. It was all, we were pretty much all just out of high school. Um, for me, I had just been in the field for a while. But for us, we did discuss a little bit of our salaries and stuff yeah. just because we were curious and just because we didn't really give a crap. We we're mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know what? Script. I don't care how much, you, how much you know I make or whatever. And. That was what pissed me off because I was like, and what, like, I didn't immediately go to, like, how dare you get paid more than me? The first thing I said is, okay, well, what experience do you have? Right. What education do you have? That's when we I think that's the it. mindset you have to have or you're going to get pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, and that was what pissed me off even more is the fact of I had more experience than right. what, the, what they had. Mm-hmm. They were paid higher. Obviously, with another firm, if one company is paying seventy thousand a year and other companies are paying seventy thousand a year for entry level, yeah, some one, some person might get seventy five thousand if they have five years of experience or doing that. Mm-hmm. But that's like you do have to kind of talk to people. It is, that. yeah, it can come down to the soft skills too. If you're just a smooth talker, you yeah. show off your skills in the best way to your recruiter and. You know, have the same level of experience with a couple other guys. You can edge your way to a higher salary, like hundred yeah. percent. About all about how you present yourself. So it is tricky, but it's becoming a lot more transparent, and I, I think that's a good thing for the most part. Especially, I love how transparent it's becoming for things like YouTubers. How? Yeah. Because I remember when I first got on YouTube, um, when I was way younger, I remember they had a specific thing like when I was first monetizing my channel they were like you're not allowed to disclose what we pay you in here and I'm like really well are you serious why yeah. am, what, if I want to talk about how much I make I should be able to talk about how much I make and it was literally like that's that interesting I haven't heard that yeah 
But now, obviously, that's not a thing. There's so many, fi- especially finance YouTubers and stuff, that are disclosing exactly how much they make. Yeah, and they're making a ton. Oh my gosh, God. they are making. I've I've watched money. a bunch. I think shout out Nate O'Brien. I, I watch that dude <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're at this level. I, I'm curious about your life growing up. Though. Like, did you come from money at all, or did you? Ooh, yeah, sure. Um, honestly, yeah, not a subject I talk about too much because it's pretty boring. Like, I come from service to Arizona, which is small town, southern Arizona, um, south of Tucson, pretty close to the border. Um, I wouldn't say I was poor, poor, but definitely, you know, lower middle class. Okay. You know, I, di- I didn't really know the concept of, I was, I was very isolated in this small town. Like, okay. there was not a lot of the outside world. Um, it was strange. One high school, uh, well, one major high school, and then I didn't get out much. Really? <laughs> I remember going to Tucson for the first, uh, for the first time. I think I was like a sophomore in call or, or in high school, and I was like, "Holy crap, the city is huge! Like, this is incredible! Like, <laughs> yeah. what in the hell?" And then yeah. I went on a couple trips to San Diego with my parents, and I was like, "Oh man, there's a whole other world out here." Mm-hmm. I, you know, I love my parents, but I think they are a little bit introverted and you know like to stay at home and um there was nothing to do in my small town i played video games i did my sports in high school and um yeah grow up grew up pretty pretty i don't want to say isolated but pretty unknowing of the outside world and that led me to right after high school i enlisted in the marine corps and yeah I, i enlisted the second i could get and i shot out of my hometown immediately went to boot camp and then I was gone for about a year in between high school and college um, and then I did the reserves for six years um, yeah six years and I went to college at the same time and this was also a way for me to pay for college too yeah I couldn't go out of state didn't have the money for that my parents didn't um, so I knew I had to go in state University of Arizona um, shot for all these scholarships did the Marine Corps, which um, reserves gives you a little bit every month, you know, a mm-hmm. few hundred bucks. It's not, if you do four years, they pay for your whole college, but reserves helped. And I got to go to U of A and I figured out a way to do it um, and leave debt free, which is something I'm proud about, which is cool. I can walk away with uh, a double degree. Um, I but yeah. I had no idea that you listed in the Marines. Oh, really? No way. Yeah. Wait, how old are you? I'm 25. Okay, so yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're about the same age then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was supposed to, um, I was actually supposed to enlist in the Navy with my best friend just out of high school. Oh, wait, I think I met him. You you told me about him a little while ago. He's a Navy, he's not a corpsman, but he's... Um, no, so he was, so he... Um, I think we, I think we talked about that a long time ago. But possibly, but yeah, it was a friend of mine. We were supposed to go together, um, and I couldn't go because I have severe asthma, okay, and yeah. I couldn't get that mm-hmm. pass. Uh, but then he ended up going to boot camp. But then, just before graduating boot camp, he fractured his leg. Oh no, shit! And so yeah. he wasn't able to graduate boot camp because obviously yeah. you can't really graduate with a broken leg. They'll get you on a lot now. Like, shoot, they'll get you on your eyesight. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so. 
It was Marines, and then they helped pay for your school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of a whole others. I could go down the rabbit hole on those stories with the yeah. Marine Corps, but that is a, <laughs> that is another side of my life that I kind of um, you know, it, I do I get involved in a lot of stuff. I've I have severe ADHD. I'm like, ooh, I love finance. Ooh, I want film. <laughs> I joined the Marine Corps. Uh, did this, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. like, you stop committing to these new things. Um, oh, I, I'm the same way. I, I, I <laughs> Hyperfixate. Yeah. New business plan every other week. I know, new, dude. New it's bad. project every month. It's so bad. Um. Okay, so I was gonna ask something. Shoot. Yeah. Um. So it was Marines. Mm-hmm. And then, how did you gain? Like, did your parents teach you a lot about money growing up? Um. Yeah, like they they taught me a lot of good like principles to have. I think like I think man, I think I had a allowance of like a hundred dollars a month. And mm-hmm. geez, back then, like, ooh, I went to high school in like twenty twelve, like. A hundred bucks get you a little while. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> get that'll, that'll get you something. And my small town, like there was, um, there was no mall. There was no like, oh, man. There's nothing to do, and I couldn't go to the bars. I mean, there was no bars. Uh, there was a Texas Roadhouse. There mm-hmm. was an IHOP. Um, so I dropped like 10, 15 bucks on IHOP every now and then. That was like me <laughs> splurging. Um, but they taught me about saving. They taught me about. Um, you know, kind of, kind of just the basics of budget building too. Okay. They were like, okay, if you want this thing, um, think about how long it'll take to save it, or yeah. think about how you can afford it later. Um, and I think you can apply that in the long run. You know, um, I remember my first, my very first job. I did a plumbing gig for a summer. My girlfriend at the time, her dad was a plumber. Okay. And yeah, I like shadowed them for a summer. It was so bad. <laughs> it was sweet. What was bad about it? We ripped apart a Wendy's, and I haven't eaten Wendy's since then. <laughs> we totally destroyed the floor with jackhammers, got into the sewage pipes. And I remember they told me the pipe was like a, a C, an upside down C. Yeah. It had corroded the bottom through the steel pipe and had been sinking into the soil for the past like 10 years. And oh, th- we had to like just tear down this Wendy's pretty much, and the smell—I still remember it. <laughs> like, yeah. it, was, it was terrible. But I think I think I made a thousand dollars for one summer, and that was more money than I. Oh my god! I, th- I think I was like sixteen, and oh my gosh, I bought that new iF iPod five, the one with the little dial. Yeah. Um. Oh no! It was the first first touchscreen one. I think. Oh, the iPod Touch. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. That was like it was like three hundred bucks, and I remember that was the biggest purchase I ever made, and I wanted to throw up. I was like, "Oh my god, three hundred dollars!" Well, I'm the same. Even now, yeah. I have such a hard time justifying big purchases. Like, yeah. even if I have technically money for it, mm-hmm. I I don't shop at all. I know. I'm looking to get a new film camera right now, so I can you know start filming more things. And yeah. The one I the one I'm looking at right now is like twenty five hundred, and it makes me want to scream every time I think about it. <laughs> what are you trying to go for? Uh, the Sony Alpha Seven Four. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's what my buddy Jeremy, who filmed Skinwalker, uh, that's what he shot it with, and I, you know, I put my hands on it, and I was like, oh my god, I love this thing. Like, this yeah. is sexy. Yeah. Heck yeah. So I might need to just pull the trigger on that. I've I've saved up, but that is something I did learn from my parents. Just the concept of, you know, 
checking your spending habits because it's emotional. Yeah. Spending is an emotional thing. Oh, like, 100%. Yeah. You it's can get it. You, learn you can get so excited. You know, everyone gets those spending moods. I get those all the time. I'm like, fuck, I want to spend some money. Like, yeah. Especially at the bars. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, checking those habits and then, you know, saving and knowing what you're saving for can take you a long way. Yeah. So what do your spending habits look like now? Uh, I mean, I still drop few hundred at the bars every weekend but um <laughs> but uh i i did i graduated debt free which was awesome and okay. it was due to a lot of you know being i think other than senior year senior year i decided to pop off and spend like a ton of money like i had the the year i was in the marine corps um active duty in between high school and college um i was doing all my trainings uh boot camp MCT, my job school, um, I was getting paid about every two weeks, the like E1 private pay, which was not a lot. I think it was like 800 bucks every two weeks, which I, which is good when you don't have any bills at all. Yeah, I was going to say. That I, I didn't pay for food. I didn't yeah, pay for. Because you don't have rent. You don't have groceries. You I didn't have, have a car. Kind of I didn't, I didn't pay rent. It's like, almost all the spending money. Or uh -huh. spending I, I was pretty much a slave. And <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I was in the Marine Corps. Okay, so, but um, I, I didn't pay for anything. So like I would forget I was being paid. It would just go into my bank account. Yeah. And like I didn't have that concept of a paycheck yet because I was, you know, in military mode. Right. Then when I got to college and they started stopping, you know, um, I was getting my once a month, like, shoot, I think it was like 350, 400 bucks a month um, from the Marines. So that's it. Okay. Um, and I remember, oh my God, my rent freshman year was 400 bucks. Yeah, oh nice. my God. I had a three by two house with two buddies my freshman year of college and it was $400. I remember because I went to the ATM and I would pull out 400 and I was like, this is so much money. <laughs> now I want to shoot myself. Oh, <laughs> like, I know. I, oh my god! I remember when I uh, I lived with an ex of mine, and rent was like two or three hundred bucks. And now I look back and I'm like, bro. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. Oh my god. But that that was good. Um, you know, coming out of that, really learned how to you know spend wisely, save up because. I mean, college was college. Like, there would be, you know, I paid for food and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but I discovered I discovered those scholarship websites, which if you're in college, do them. What's the Especially website? if there's AI now and you can write freaking scholarship essays oh with God. AI. Do my, that uh, shit right now. I got maybe, shoot, I maybe got like 10K in scholarships the really? whole time I was there. And U of A was about... I think in-state tuition was about 12k a year. So 6k a semester. Oh my god, I joined a frat which was so freaking expensive. Like they they totally screwed me on that, but uh that's another story how I paid for that. But <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, <the only> thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the in-state tuition and then the Marine Corps saving during that year, being smart, like got it done. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to ask. You said that you were in a frat was the frat worth it? Oh hell yeah, one hundred percent. Really? Oh my god! What, yeah. What makes Whoa. the frat worth it? I I never actually. <laughs> <college>. <laughs> um. Oh man, dude. Like, I I just remember being in that year of the Marine Corps. Like, I was in North Carolina and I was miserable. Mm. I was in my job school. I was a mechanic, so I was, you know, working on the Humvees and M seventies and all that. Um, I was just thinking to myself like, oh my god, I'm gonna be at college one day. 
I'm going to like be walking down the streets. It's going to be beautiful. I'm going to join a frat. You know, I'd watch all those movies. Yeah. I have myself up. I'm like, screw it. I'm joining a frat. <laughs> like, why not? Um, and like, I did the rush and like, there is a lot of like, just bullshit around, you know, rushing and. Did you have to get hazed? Uh, oh yeah, I got hazed. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. What yeah. was your haze? <laughs> oh geez. I was hazed for like the first semester. Um, I was there. Now I can't say the name of the frat because, <laughs> because I said I got hit. But <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was not that bad. Um, just a lot of, you know, yelling at you and shit. And I mean, I was fresh out of the Marine Corps. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, these, oh, yeah, the yelling is nothing. These 19 year old kids like yelling in my face. Like, no, I, I was completely unfazed. And it was, it was, it was also fun. Like, yeah. I had a fun time pledging. Like, we, we had to clean, you know, cleaning up mountains of throw up and beer cans. And, you know, it was disgusting. And that part was kind of beat. But, Oh my god, dude! The parties and especially <laughs> especially at U of A. I mean, God bless. Like now, like I think it's gone down. But whoa, when yeah. I was there, whoa, whoa, and shoot, dude! I heard stories of what they did in like the '90s and like what our parents did. Like, there's no wonder there's so many laws now. Like, so does it still help you out today, being? From when you were in a fraternity, does yeah. it still like show its benefits today? Oh yeah, I mean I'm friends with a lot of my frat brothers, like a, lo- a lot of them, and um, have a couple that do film now in LA, and like really? we we still talk all the time, and we you know hope to collaborate in the future. Um, I mean yeah, no joining a frat was amazing. Like you pretty much just immediately get like a hundred, two hundred boys. Yeah, and you know you're not gonna like all of them, of course, but no, you you pick a few that you do like, and you know you walk away with some best friends, and it is kind of like a social circle thing. You know, you're in a frat, you're gonna meet other people in the frats, and then you're gonna meet the girls, and like <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But <laughs> so, other than like the social aspect and networking, is there any other spectacular things about being in a fraternity because obviously like I know that when you're joining it you're joining a brotherhood or when you're joining a sorority you're joining a sisterhood mm-hmm. you pay for like from an outside perspective obviously I never went to university so I've never mm-hmm. had the opportunity to get into a frat or anything like that from an outside perspective it just seems like you're paying for yeah. friends almost oh way. yeah yeah I mean uh, you are but <laughs> but it's worth it. like it is like it's what makes it worth it though so you go in there, you you rush, and like if you think about an organization that's you know run by just a bunch of nineteen year old kids out of college, and they're given all this money from alumni from years and years ago, and you give them a house, like what are they gonna do with it? They're gonna freaking party, and like college is a formative experience. You're supposed to find yourself. You're supposed to, or at least try. Yeah. You're supposed <laughs> to experiment, and you're supposed to meet people. And what better way to, than joining a frat? Um, you meet you meet a ton of people. You have fun while you're doing it. It's completely worth it. Join a frat. Yeah, if you're thinking about <laughs> it, if you're thinking about it, do it. And there's levels to it because no two frats are the same. Sure. Some party way more than others. Um, some have way different goals. Like there's academic ones. There's social ones. I was in two frats actually. I was in I was in a frat frat. And then I was in a co-ed business fraternity. So hmm. the co-ed business fraternity was super cool. It had some of the smartest people I still have ever met. Um, all like just top-notch business students at the University of Arizona. It was it was great. Um, so you can walk away with a lot if you put the time and effort into it. You know, if you go there with a sad with a sad face and you know, um, 
think it's all negative, like you're gonna have a bad time. But um, yeah. I mean, shoot, it, the benefits far outweigh, and like it's so it was so fun. Yeah. Like, God, yeah. Oh no, I still think back and I'm what's washed your, now. <laughs> what's the most crazy memory you have from your fraternity days or oh, that's parties. tough, man. I like when you think of like a crazy party. What's the first one that comes when to I, mind? When I think back to like college, like um, every oh, every year was oh yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. The mic. Oh, I popped my neck. I don't know if that wow. Microphone picked that. Oh, up. it definitely did. <laughs> but oh my god, when I think back on it, like freshman year was nuts. Like coming in just to college from a small town from the Marine Corps, it was a just mindfuck like oh my god there's so many people my age you mm-hmm. know just losing their minds having fun it it was a lawless place <laughs> beautiful <laughs> um i think i think when i look back on it my senior year i had a party at the house i was living at and i put a giant water slide in the back um i paid for it myself it was like 400 bucks and it was something that i thought about just a long time i had a big backyard house and I was just like, you know what? Screw it. Like 300 bucks was a lot back yeah. then. But um, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to put this water slide in the back of my house. And I just told everybody about it and I posted about it. And it, it was it was a massive party. It was yeah. great. We had a keg. We had people jumping off the roof onto this water slide. <laughs> um, There's a cool picture of me just on the roof popping a champagne bottle. And then I jump off onto the slide. And um was it like an inflatable type of slide thing? Oh yeah, it was this. Um, it was like almost a jumping castle, but a slot. Like it had just this huge. It was a water slide too, so yeah. we got all the girls in bikinis. It was beautiful, <laughs> and we had just this giant slide, and then there was like kind of a little pool area at the bottom. But it was a steep slide, so people were catching it. Like yeah. my buddy, um, my buddy broke his finger. It really blew back, and <laughs> yeah, we had to. <laughs> We had to take care of that. We had um, my other friend like landed on his head and like he had to lay down for a little bit. And then <laughs> it was it was just rowdy. We were jumping all around, and um, that's just a great memory from senior year. Honestly, it was right before graduation, and I'm I'm so glad I spent the money and I did that. Yeah. Um, because I remember thinking like, oh, I'm about to graduate. I I I had my job locked in, but you know. I, I was ready to get hit with, you know, all the bills and everything. And right. I was like, fuck, maybe I just, you know, lay low until graduation. But no, nah, I was like, let's blow it out. And I wish, um, I, I went super hard in college, but I wish I went harder even now. Like, yeah. <laughs> because it's it's a time period where you can just do whatever you want. Honestly, you I do. feel like. I mean, don't take my, <laughs> be be good, but you can live with like no. I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> you had a good life. In, you had a good life. In oh college. yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's that's probably the only reason I wish I would have gone to college yeah. is for the connections. For I the did not go for my education. You can quote me on that. Ooh, I had no idea what I wanted to do for the first two years yes. in college. That's that that's a big thing. Like when I first went, so I went to college for about eight months. Uh, the first six months, I went to get my EMT certification. Mm. And then after that, I just went for general. Um, I just went to community college, though I didn't go to any university, but. Mm. Even with that, I didn't even know what I wanted to do until even like two years ago. Yeah. I didn't. I, oh, yeah. I didn't know I wanted to be an actor until two years ago. Yeah. I, I, I loved business, but I didn't know I wanted to pursue. And, business. and you're not alone, honestly, dude. Like it, it's a your twenties are meant for experimentation and yeah. exploring. I, I really believe. Um, I think I finally found my thing with film, and it took a lot 
of trying other things. Yeah. Um, shoot, business, which I, I do still like business, and I see myself, you know, crunching numbers and doing my own. That's the thing. I don't want to work for anyone. I want to work yeah. for myself. Oh, yeah. But um, tried the Marine Corps. Thought I was, oh, dude, there was a point in my life where I thought the Marine Corps was going to be like a whole career, whole life. Yeah. Um, that was um, definitely not it. But it's all about, you know, just, just doing something. Right. And then, you know, you'll figure it out. Like, give yourself time. There's there's no rush. Um, I say that even though I live every day as if I'm running out of time and I'm going to die tomorrow. I have, Which isn't I have like terrible at all. Uh, I mean, you do have to check yourself on it. Yeah. Like, trust me, I I put myself in such a time crunch, and it gets things done. And it's yeah. it is the way I like to live. I like to live under you know pressure because yeah. I think I work better. But don't give yourself too much. You know. No, that's I. That's one of the big things that I've been learning lately. Is like you do have to like. I don't know. I see a lot of frugal people that are like entrepreneurs and stuff. But they're so frugal that like right. like it's extreme yeah. cheapskates and all that. I'm oh like, yeah. Where's your fun in life? Though? Oh, I know people that make three times as much as me. That I, in the end, we live like the same lifestyle. Yeah. We live in the same area, do the same things, but you're making three times as much as me. Like, are you just saving for retirement? Like, you know, I mean, if that's what you want to do, like, okay. Um, but it. Oh my gosh, it's money's not real. <laughs> it, it's, it's a scarcity mindset. It's the whole thing of like, what if I get cut off tomorrow and how am I going to be able to live better right. tomorrow yep. than I am today with more money? It's Dude, I, I know. It's it's really tough and it's hard to give advice because um, you have to like basically live in between of like, screw it, I could die tomorrow, I'm going to spend and live good or yeah. I really need to plant this seed for 20 years in the future and watch it grow and that's how I'm going to be successful. There's some in between of there I get that so, I think you need to find. <laughs> I get so stuck in that little that little rat race though of mm-hmm. like yes, obviously I do want to invest and save and stuff that yeah. way in my 30s and 40s I can live this life I want to live yeah. but at the same time that's never guaranteed so it's like right. it's so hard finding that yeah. balance between both of those of do I have fucking amazing time right now mm-hmm. or do I save it for later that's not guaranteed something that has helped me out um, you know just breaking down your budget paying yourself first you're going to hear that a lot in yeah. personal finance um, you know I set an automatic transaction every two weeks to go into my savings and then the rest you know for bills and for me to mess around Yeah. and you know given the month like shoot last month was Coachella it was you know all this stuff popping off and did you go to Coachella oh yeah I went to really first weekend yeah super fun definitely recommend it is hella expensive I spent maybe a grand um but I mean but but, I mean oh hell yeah it was was so worth it and so amazing memories oh yeah you gotta find what's important to you and like what's gonna make you comfortable with your savings you know if you save too much you're not gonna live life Right. If you live life too much, you're not gonna have a savings. But <laughs> it's finding that little balance between like what, exactly. what's good living life, but how can and you find find life? what you're comfortable to save. I probably save about thirty percent of my pay a month. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I've heard you know minimum twenty, maximum fifty, and I think thirty works really well for me. Um, as my income goes up, it might change, but yeah, I. I also base it around what am I saving for? I was going to ask, is there anything specific that you're saving for right I now? I do want to get a house. I do, but okay. that's a shit show. Um, yeah. 
probably not going to happen for another year or two. Um, in- interest rates have, you know, killed killed the dreams. <laughs> it really has. Yeah. Like, um, but no, I do really want a house in Scottsdale and make it like my home base. Um, I, I really love it here in Arizona. Um, and yeah, I think I'm at that point where the adult brain's kicking in. I'm starting to like plants and interior decorating and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, it's going to hit you. <laughs> oh, I'm in the same thing. I'm like, I want decorations. I want this. Right. I want that for my house. You're going like, to be like, oh, that looks really well in my yeah. kitchen. Like, oh my God, I'm like, talking I'm like minimalist. my mom. <laughs> I'm my mom. I like, I like to consider myself a minimalist with like not having a bunch of furniture and stuff, but I also love a very aesthetically pleasing place with like nice decor yeah. and, and you do have to build you know the area around you as a creative that is really big oh 100 percent. i invested in like my desk setup and it has made me so much happier like, yeah it's unreal like now i can sit in it and write for hours or edit for hours like oh my god i put like i put like 150 hours into editing skinwalker and it was you know, it, yeah. it taught. I was learning as I went along, but right. oh my god! Like, I remember when I started my finance job, I was on like a little stool in this shitty desk in my apartment because <laughs> I didn't want to spend the money on yeah. it set up, and yeah. it was stupid. Like, yeah, no, you got to build your space for sure, and low key, there they can be assets if you treat them well. If you oh, treat yeah. it, if you treat a nice couch well, you can flip that shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the setup I have now, I started with like a little $20 Walmart desk and stuff. And at first I thought that was good, but I was like, I just can't seem to get motivated and stuff. And I yeah. kept changing my setup to where now I'm like, I can actually sit at this desk yeah. for a little bit and actually work. So I, fuck, my lower back hurts all the time. I hate sitting. I hate yeah. it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, I have a standing desk. I got on Amazon for about like 150 bucks. Nice. I got two monitors. I got my laptop, my work laptop, and I got a, I got a freaking, uh, like under the desk treadmill it's so Whoa. sick it's so sick oh, i'm gonna get one of those so bad. i feel like a hamster just running the rat race every day but like <laughs> it's so fun dude and my coworkers, they laugh at me i'll be in like meetings at 9 a.m and like i'll go to the gym early in the morning and then um walk on the little desk treadmill for like 30 minutes and um, I'll be in the meeting just sweating and like I'm slightly <laughs> moving in the camera frame and they're just like what the hell is going on <laughs> I love that hell yeah man I love that <laughs> yeah well I've taken up too much of your time today. oh no you haven't this I has been great appreciate you coming on um, obviously there's still so much to get into and I'm hoping at some point down the line I'll be able to have you back on again we can kind of dive a little bit deeper into stuff uh, it's yeah. coming up on time though so uh, I'm glad we did get to kind of talk about this and of course of yeah unveil some stuff that a lot of people do find to be a little uncomfortable sometimes like finances mm-hmm. and all that other kind of stuff yeah um, so I definitely appreciate you being that vulnerable and of course. willing to kind of discuss things yeah uh, thank you Alex this has been fun I hope you know people can walk away with something yeah um, absolutely you know if you're in your 20s don't worry about it honestly absolutely (laughs) i'm not worrying about it (laughs) is there anything that you want to shout out um shout out city boys llc give me a follow you guys hope to make some what's what's the handle um it's at cityboys.llc on instagram um i'll give you my business card but we're gonna be cranking out as much content as we can trying to make some cool stuff short films clips photography 
uh, DJ edits, um, you know, events. We had an event at the Phoenicia with the DJ. Yeah. And, um, that was great. Definitely want to get more into that. But, you know, just doing more fun stuff and, you know, letting creatives get the stuff out of their head because um, it's got to come out. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and cool. shout out. Um, shout out my parents. Talked about them. Um, shout Always. out my girlfriend, Haley. Shout out um, my cameraman, Jeremy, my boys. Um, yeah, uh, thanks again. Yeah, of course. And then this is kind of a newer thing that I'm doing on the podcast, but it's kind of like my outro type of thing. So what you say is, hi, my name is your full name, and then I've been unmasked. So can we get that from you real quick? Sure. I am Ben Gone, and I've been unmasked. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Ben. I appreciate you being on the show. Of course. Awesome.